Good morning. I'm, I'm always thrilled to be here. We've, we, we tell uh, various people and all the time we say when, when we come, we always come to Minnesota first or we come here last because this is a safe place. This is a place where we know we're home. This is a place where we know we belong. And, and what's exciting is this, this time, each, each time uh, there are new people and we get to meet new people and, and you don't know us, we don't know you, but, but we know we belong. We're a family together. Um, and I'm excited about that. That, that makes me uh, happy, makes me feel good. Um, I want to say, especially before I get started, thank you very, very much. It's been great. I know uh, in, a, in a little while we'll be over at the Davidsons. We've been at the Frasers. Um, uh, people who have uh, given us uh, their car, people who have uh, helped us uh, along the way. Last night we got to go see a dinner theater that we've never done before. Just because you want to make it special, just because you want to make sure that we are encouraged while we're here and you're willing to spend your time, people who have uh, spent time to talk with us, um, even though you're maybe uncomfortable, okay, who's, who's this person? And we're uncomfortable too. We don't, we don't oh, okay, who's this person? I don't know. And we're going to forget your names. Uh, we remember most of them, but don't test us on the names, please. Uh, but, uh, um, and I, we're just people, just like you, except that we're not. You're not just people. You are children of the king. You are holy. So, so if there's, if there's uh, anything that we're doing, um, it's because we are holy, Shirley and I, in Maastricht, and so are you here in Woodbury or wherever you're living, in Egan or, or all these different places. And, and that's why you're special. Not because of the things that you're specifically doing, but because of the things that God is doing through you. So thank you for for having us, uh, bringing us back here so that we could see you again. I want to also bring you the greetings from uh, the church in Maastricht. Very well said, uh, Dale, uh, wherever you are now, there you are. <laughs> um, let's, let's pray just for a second. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, for your love for us, for your might, for your strength, for your compassion, for what you teach us. Father, help us to have open hearts, open minds. Help me to speak your words this morning. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Um, I'm glad this thing is here. Those of you who know me know I can't stand still, and if I do, then I can't speak. Somehow, if my hands are back here, I, nothing comes out. So if I'm a little bit uh, demonstrative, you'll just have to put up with that. Um, some of the most important lessons I remember learning from, from Jesus in the beginning of my walk with him, and I've been a Christian now uh, since 81, uh, so however long that is, I don't know, um, had to do with how we treat other people. How do we deal with other people? Because he's the example of how, how that is. And I, I still struggle regularly with the parable of the, the Good Samaritan um, when I drive by somebody and I see them on the side of the road. You know, when, when we lived in California, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, you would have people who would, on purpose, park on the side of the road so that they could attack you. So you had to deal with this thought of, okay, do I, I'm a good Samaritan, do I stop or do I not stop? Uh, do I have enough time? Just like the good Samaritan had to think. 
And it's good that we struggle with those things. It's, that's why Jesus, they're not easy. It's not easy to do uh, the things that Jesus uh, tells us or the, the examples that he gives us because he calls us to be holy. His world is reality, and it shows how upside down our world is. But it's the story of the woman on the way to the daughter of Jairus that really sticks in my head a lot of times and for a long time has, has been part of, of uh, my faith uh, in Christ. And that's what I'd like to look at today. I want to look at the compassion of Jesus. We, you, I guess you've been looking at the different emotions uh, that Jesus has or what he shows, and that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the compassion uh, and how uh, this compels us, what it does for us. And I want to start and read just that, that section, Mark chapter 5, chapter 21, ch- chapter 5, verse 21. And I think Dave said today, well, how's your English? I might, I might throw some Dutch words in here every once in a while. I'll have to stop and think about an English word. If I do, sorry, we'll get there. <clears throat> chapter 5, verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there, seeking Jesus, and he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, and he turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter's dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. And he didn't let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. And he went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child isn't dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he had put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. And he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, come up, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. And at this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and, and told them to give her something to eat. Now, the part about Jairus' daughter is, is great, and it's interesting, and, and you could spend a lot of time there, but that wasn't what interested me when I first heard this. 
um, what interested me was, was that woman. You know, she, I love the way that Mark uh, writes it down. He said, you know, she, she had suffered at the hands of doctors for many years. You, you go to doctors to be healed. <laughs> and she had suffered at the hands of these doctors and spent all of her money and, it, and it, nothing had helped. In fact, it had gotten worse. Uh, and here she was. This happens, remember, just after Jesus has been in Gerasenes with legion. He landed on the other side of the lake, this is just before this, where this man comes out of the tombs. And he's been living in the tombs and they chain him there uh, because they don't want him to hurt himself. Uh, And and Jesus says, who are you? What's your name? My name is Legion because we are many. And he heals him and all the demons come out of him and go into the pigs and and all the rest of it. That's just before this. Jesus goes to the other side of the lake and this is where Jairus says, comes to him and says, please come help my daughter. And he goes, and all these people around him, and this woman comes up behind him. She's been bleeding for 12 years. If you look in Leviticus, you see that anything she touches, because she's bleeding, is unclean. So here she is in this crowd where everybody's jostling. Have you ever been to Italy? The, the, the Italians, they don't mind at all that you touch. You know, here, here you have, there's a certain amount of space that you have to have, and and the Italians aren't like this. And, and, and that's how it was here. Everybody's just jostling along. She's touching them. She has to get up to Jesus. So she's, you know, trying to touch his cloak. And she's touching all these people. She's making all of them unclean. She's not supposed to do that. If you, have a, if you had a, a, a skin sickness, Leviticus 14 says, you're supposed to stand and call out. Unclean, unclean, so that the people can get out of the way, so that you don't touch them and make them unclean. And you're not allowed to be with people. You have to stay out by yourself. That's not so with the, with the blood, but that's, in, in the end, that's how people wanted it. She's, but here she is, making everybody sick, basically, uh, because she wants to be healed. Jesus is busy. I mean, he's on his way to save a dying girl. You know, why in the world would he, would he stop? As a matter of fact, she touches him. She touches his cloak, and she's healed, just like she thought. If he'd have just kept on going to Jairus' daughter, she'd still be healed. And that's what made me think. That's why I wondered, why does he stop? He, he stops, and he says, who touched me? And in Luke, it says, Peter says, what are you talking about? Who touched you? Look, look at all the people around you. Who touched you? What kind of question is that? Everybody touched you. But he doesn't give up. He keeps looking to see who was it. And she knows she can't get away with it. So she comes and she falls at his feet. And did you see what it said? Trembling with fear. Tells him the whole truth. Imagine, um, I mean, it, it's, it's great to be healed, and I know uh, people who would love to be healed from, from whatever sickness they have, but not everybody wants to tell you what their sickness is. Now, the Dutch, they like talking about their sicknesses, and they'll talk about anything. They'll, they'll talk about all sorts of, in fact, the very things that you usually, that we, most Americans anyway, I, as I remember, 
would not talk about, they'll talk about, no problem. Um, so maybe this lady was Dutch, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, to, to then, in the middle of all these people, to say, yeah, you know, I've, I've been bleeding for 12 years, and I'm still bleeding, and I did this, I went to this doctor, and he did that, and you know, to, in front of everybody, the shame of it, and yet she does it because he's there and he's asked. Jesus says, you're saved. You're saved by faith. And he makes sure that everybody knows that she's okay. You've been healed and you've been saved by faith. That, that compassion that I see in Jesus. And it, it's interesting to me that when I think first of compassion, I, you know, you think of, um, yeah, just you know, loving kindness, uh, being nice, uh, and yet Jesus' compassion is, is always uh, uh, pointed. It has, a, it has a purpose. And I think that's what compassion does. And there's two things that I, that I learned from, from this, that I learned from this that have stuck with me for, for so long. Um, compassion moves to repentance. It moves you to repentance. Compassion compels. Jesus, when he's with people, he, he comes to the people around him who are there, who are with him, and he gives them more than, than they were even looking for. He gives us more than we were even looking for. Uh, she was looking to be healed, but that's not really what she needed. She didn't need that. She needed more than that. And that's what he gives her. That's what he takes time. That's why he stops. That's why he has this. That's what his compassion shows. Um, he knows what we really need, and he comes to us. When I think about uh, the woman at the well uh, in, in John 4, the man with the, with the sick child also in, in John 4, how this, the, who, who comes and says, could you heal my, my child? And, and Jesus says, y'all come. No, no, you don't have to come. You know, you can just say that it'll happen, and I believe that, and, Jesus is amazed at the faith of this uh, centurion. Jesus comes to, to them at where they are, at their place, just like he approaches us where we are. He doesn't wait for you to get all better and for you to, to be a, a much better person, to be, to be holy, like we were just, someone just said. You know, he doesn't wait for us to be holy. He comes to us and he makes us holy. He approaches us and he does that because of his great compassion for us. But the interesting thing is, is it's not always pleasant. It's not always fun or doesn't always feel good. He's compassionate to this woman because that's what she needed. But it didn't feel good at first. She's, she's there telling her shameful truth to everybody. Uh, but it ends in joy and completeness. Compassion leads to repentance, which leads to faith in him and salvation. Compassion gives people courage to make the choice to change their lives. They need to know that, that they're loved. That's, that's why, did you, did you hear the, the piece about Levi? Jesus comes and he, he calls Levi and Levi says, well, come to my, my place and let's eat together. And Jesus goes and he's sitting there with all these sinners and tax collectors. And have you ever wondered, when you, when you look at who Jesus hangs out with, it's all sinners and tax collectors. And 
Sometimes we might ask, well, yeah, that's kind of weird. And we don't remember that we're sinners and tax collectors. Uh, you know, we think, oh, you know, I mean, look at us. We're not bad people. You know. But if Jesus were here, would he be hanging out with us or would he be hanging out with other people? Um, and would we, would we be amazed? But the sinners and tax collectors were drawn to Jesus. They wanted to be with him. It wasn't this idea, oh, that guy's boring. Oh, that, that Christianity stuff. Why, why, why were they drawn to him? Because he had true compassion. He listened and he knew what they needed. And he, he knew what they were struggling with. But he didn't just leave it that way. Compassion compels and it brings to repentance. It gives you room to say, you, you get me. And, and I got to change. I need to get rid of this. Thank you for showing me this place where, where it's real and where I can be changed. That's, that's Jesus' compassion. That's what he's doing. So, you know, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. Or in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience? not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. So that's, that's what I see in this, in this beautiful compassion of Jesus. Even with the woman there, he, he waits and he, you know, who touched me? And she has to come and she has to confess actually what she's done. She's, she, I mean, it was not good what she did in, in, all the eye, in the eyes of all the guys, people standing around there. She'd made them all dirty. Um, she had done something that she should not have done. Uh, but it, even in, and I have no idea what her life was like, life was like uh, otherwise, but Jesus does. And she comes and she just says, here it is, it's all yours. And Jesus says, you're, you've been healed and your faith has saved you. The other thing that strikes me with Jesus in this story is that he pays attention to those who don't matter. He takes, he takes time for those who in the eyes of, of, uh, of others don't matter. Uh, I mean, we can think about uh, children. I don't remember if it was here or somewhere else. Someone, uh, we, Do you know that the, our idea of children and how we think that children are good and we think that they should be cared for, and stuff, that comes out of Christianity, that comes out of Jesus Christ and how he deals with children. That was not the idea in, in his time. That was not even of, of the Jews. That's why Peter and the disciples said, get these kids out of here. Children were less than second-class citizens. And in lots of societies, it's still that way. I mean, that's why we have child labor making shoes that are so nice and cheap for us. Um, because they're cheap labor. Uh, you know, you can use them. But that's not how Jesus looked at them. So Jesus pays attention to those who don't matter. Children, uh, uh, the blind man, Bartimaeus, uh, the Syrophoenician woman, Legion, the man from the tombs. You know, he, he takes time to pay attention to those who seem to be less important. He was on his way to do something very important. He was on his way to, to the synagogue ruler's daughter. This is somebody very important. And he's doing something very important. He's raising her from the dead. That's pretty important. 
pretty amazing. But he takes time to stop. He takes time for this woman. He was doing spiritual work. He was busy. This woman was interrupting him, actually. And he takes time to see her, to see the people around him, and to be with them. When I, uh, I went to York, and uh, I had heard this story, uh, was on my way. It must have been, I was talking with Shirley about this the, the other day, it must have been maybe two weeks before the end of semester, before the end of year. Because it wasn't exams, because I was on my way to class. And I don't remember everything. Uh, I just remember that I was on my way to class. Uh, there's a street, uh, and Hewlett is over there. And I was on, on my way to one of my science classes, I think. And uh, York is a very small school. Uh, there were less than 300 students then. Uh, it was a two-year college. Um, so you know just about everybody. <laughs> but you know them kind of like you might know everybody here, but you don't know them that much. And I was on my way to class, and this girl was sitting there on the wall. There was a, a wall right in front of the street, and she was just sitting there crying. But I was late for class, and I had just heard this story. <laughs> so I thought, okay. So I just I went, and I, and I just sat down with her, and uh, she cried, and she, I, you know, I, just asked her what was going on, and she explained how, you know, it was the end, it was her second year, it was my second year as well, so we were graduating from York, uh, and then you have, you know, that next big step, good night, what are you going to do, that, look, it's so big, and you have these steps all the time, so seniors in high school, you know, you've you, you got to take that next step to college, the scarier one, I think, is when you finish college and you have to step into what's real life, real life, and, that. and then, you know, maybe there's going to be kids and you're going to get married. She had a, a boyfriend. They were going to get married. And she was just freaking out at this big step. And what am I going to do? And I didn't do anything. I just sat and listened, which is better than I do these days. These days I try to talk, and that's, it's better to just listen. And she got up and said, you know, well, let, I, I'm late. And she headed off to class, and I was late, and I headed off to class. Um, it, I think it, it sticks with me because th three weeks, two weeks later, she was on her way with her boyfriend home, and he fell asleep at the wheel, and, and she was killed in a car crash. Um, but um, I'll see her. And that's good. But it was important to take time and just know who she was. Sorry, I do this all the time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's who Jesus is. He sees those people who are not seen. And he takes time. He stopped and said, who touched me? And he could have just gone on, but he didn't. Because she was important. It was important that she knew that there was more than just being healed from your sickness, from your bleeding. You need to be healed for your life. 
you need to know that there's more. And that's why I'm here, Jesus said. He does this again and again. Middle of the night, when he's out praying, and his followers find him, and he talks to them and listens and, and goes. Uh, after his cousin is killed, John the Baptist, uh, in, a, in a horrible, greedy way, and he wants to get away with his followers, and the crowds follow him, John 6, and he feeds them. He wanted to get away, to be alone with his disciples, but he sees the people around him, and he spends time with them. He makes time for us, and he sees who we are. He sees who you are. He knows what you need, and I want to be that kind of person. I want to... uh, Look at those around me, not just the important ones, because I don't know who's important. We don't know who's important. Neither do you. Jesus, full of compassion, meant that he could see the hurt. He could see the real people there. It doesn't mean that he was willing to allow people to wallow in their wrongness. That's not what compassion does. Compassion leads to repentance. But compassion takes time for those people who are there. It brings an awareness of of what we can be and who we can be. He's not afraid, Jesus isn't afraid to let people know how to find true and lasting solace. And we experience this kindness in Jesus. And Jesus uses us to help others find this compassion for their lives as well. That's that's what I like. Titus chapter uh, Titus chapter three. Isn't it great how you can have so many favorite passages? This is one of my favorite passages. There are too many. Titus chapter three, verse three to eight, and I want to finish with this. At one time. We too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Let's be compassionate. 